Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Oh, hey, before we start the show, I got to tell you about the Allegedly podcast with my lawyers, Bo Bowen and Ryan Schmidt. They got pop culture, they got legal news, they got behind-the-scenes antics, and a whole lot of laughs. One of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Allegedly with Bo and Ryan at thebowenlawgroup.com. Link in the description and everywhere you get your podcasts, of course. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Oh, yes. I hate this. It is revolting. More? Please. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 19, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. What's up? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 729 of the Biden-Harris administration, 656 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska. I'm putting lots of videos up there, videos of me saying things. I'm also on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Our Patreon page is BobSeskaShow.com. And uh, David is having a computer meltdown. So David is currently not here, but he may join us in progress. He may not. So in the meantime, let's do this. Yeah. Jody on the show. <laughs> All right. That's what we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. I'm going to talk with Bob. Who's <laughs> our favorite for? <laughs> Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. With Bob. All right. It is uh, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, <laughs> patreon.com. Slash from the bunker. Also, the Stephanie Miller Show, stephaniemiller.com. Hi. Hi, Jody. Hello, Bob. I just got another text message from David, and it says, yeah, his computer is frozen. His brother says the only thing for it uh, is to walk away for 30 minutes to an hour and hope it gets its shit together. So, yeah, David's computer has to get its shit together. It's just it's an update that went horribly awry. Well, he tried to stop it, is what he said. He's like, I tried to stop it, and now all hell has broken loose. But you would think by now, stopping a computer update, there would be some sort of redundancy that would kick in at that point. But then again, I I say that, and then I remember, oh, yeah, that's right. We're all still test pilots for this technology. He says, trying to abort an update is a potentially fatal error. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) shit, Well, that's why you back up your computer before you try to update it so that you can reboot it off a different drive. (laughs) He says, pray for my machine. I saw that. I sure can't afford (laughs) another one. can't afford another one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Jody, here's my problem right now. Here's the thing that's scaring the shit out of me, quite honestly. 
And you know what? It probably shouldn't. I should be accustomed to this. We've gone through this process many, many times, certainly throughout the last 20 years when I've been doing this professionally, covering politics. But the United States, according to our friend Buzz Burbank, has reached its debt limit. Yep. We thought it was going to be something like September. (laughs) Turns out Janet Yellen announced the other day that it's going to be today, Thursday, January 19. Well, I mean, I've been been hearing on the news that... that Certain people aren't going to get paid. There's a way for her to maneuver until June that's not going to be helpful, like closing parks again. You know, remember that time we had to close parks down and like things that are non-essential, so so to speak. So she can do that up until maybe June. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people aren't going to get paid. Social security checks are going to stop coming out. You know, these are things that are important. And the fact that social security is not going out because of this is stupid because it should be in its own fund, but don't get me started on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, does that happen with the debt ceiling or is that something did with last regard time. to passing a budget? Well, it did last time. I remember last time, okay. um, social security checks towards the end of the crisis, not at the beginning, but towards like when it was getting down to the wire, Yeah, people weren't going to get their checks like the next month or something. Mm-hmm. And, and not that th- that should be in a completely different thing that has nothing to do with nothing, but because we've been borrowing from social security to pay debts, that's yeah. the problem. And so the clock is ticking now. And yeah. As I wrote in the banter this week, uh, the new piece is out today, thebanter.substack.com. It's not the debt ceiling that freaks me out, just to revise what I said at the top of the show. It's not the debt ceiling. It's the rodeo clown caucus, the Republicans in the House of Representatives who are doing this because they want to sabotage the economy. I believe they actually want us to default on our debts. I believe they want an economic calamity so they could say, look what Joe Biden did. Look what Joe Biden and the Democrats did to the economy. First, it was inflation. And now it's this. My God, you have to start voting for Republicans because we love our country. Rah, 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 or whatever the other bullshit they happen to throw in there. And so that's what's concerning me. I believe that this current batch of House Republicans, this litter of weirdos, is okay with going there. Unlike all the previous times when they finally relented, I think that they will take us to that point. And I don't understand it because it doesn't help them in the long run. Because what's going, what Joe Biden is saying is like, I'm not you're not going to hold Social Security and Medicare hostage to do something you should do. Uh-huh. Secondly, because the 14th Amendment basically says the full faith and credit of the United States cannot, shall not be uh, denied. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Um, that They're unconstitutional by not raising the debt limit. And the debt limit's a law. It's not a constitutional thing. Right. I say Joe Biden just prints a 50 quadrillion coin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There are other ways to do this. Obviously, the easiest way is for the Republicans to just relent, the Republicans to have their bluff called, so to speak. And in fact, uh, talking about this last night with John Fugel saying after we spent 15 minutes of talking about Star Wars, we finally did get into the dent limit on uh, Sirius XM. And uh, John was saying that he believes the Republicans will back down. The Republicans will cave because their corporate overlords, their corporate donors 
will want them to. Their friends on Wall Street will want them to. Because one of the consequences of not raising the debt limit, of defaulting on our debts, is that the stock market will crash, will enter another recession slash depression. Something that, you know, would be reminiscent of 2008, certainly, and maybe even much worse than that, because we're talking about the dollar collapsing and all kinds of other ramifications for the economy and, and not just the United States economy, the global economy, because the Republican Party is driven primarily by winning by any means. They <laughs> use whatever uh, whatever avenues they can take, whatever sabotage they can generate in order to win future elections, whether it's presidential elections, congressional elections, and what have you. This is the weapon that they're using now. I mean, do we believe after they forced Kevin McCarthy through 15 ballots that this is something that they will relent on? I mean, obviously, they are going to make demands of Joe Biden regarding Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and probably the FBI, probably the IRS, probably Jack Smith's office. Um, uh, I thought his office was under a different thing. That's what AG says. Okay, so it wouldn't be... Um, no, they have wouldn't... no control over it. It's, 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 a, it's a separate fund that Merrick Garland has control over. So the Holman rule wouldn't eliminate Jack Smith. That's what I read. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. That. I mean, AG would be the best person because she's very wonky. Okay. Because the last I read is that the Holman rule allows Congress to target someone specifically in the federal bureaucracy and defund their office, therefore firing them. And so that was my concern is that would immediately be used as a weapon to get rid of Jack Smith to support Donald Trump. And so yeah, uh, from, yeah. from her doing the Mueller report in, you know, the Mueller investigation, um, she found out that the only way that Mueller could be fired was with Donald Trump or the AG yeah. himself, not Congress or anybody else. So, I mean, that's, that's the new rules under the special mm -hmm. counsel this time around, you know, cause it changes all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, Jack, and, and regardless, even if they said, oh, we're going to defund, the Senate ain't going to do it. Joe Biden ain't going to sign that into law. So No, ab absolutely not. And so what that does is that gives the Republicans the opportunity to say, well, it's them too. It's not just us. We're not just the only ones doing this. It's Joe Biden who won't cut spending. It's Joe Biden who's being a pain in the ass here and stopping the raising of the debt ceiling. They will put all of this into the Oval Office. They will put all of this on Chuck Schumer and the Senate Democrats. They will put a lot of this onto the House Democrats as well. <laughs> They'll be the first targets. Well, uh, well my, my thing is, is there are a handful of uh, Republicans in the House that are in very purple districts. Yes, and that's where I think we have an opening to mm -hmm. break through all of this. But doesn't McCarthy control what bill goes to the floor? He may not even put the bill to the floor. Yeah, I think they can use something called a discharge petition. Is that what it's called? It is, but don't they need 218 for that? Yeah, they need 218. So they would still need like five Republicans to vote with the Democrats in order to get that discharge position. But at least what it does is it gets around Kevin McCarthy, who has pledged right. to perhaps not even bring a debt ceiling hike to the floor if it and doesn't that, include that. That would those. be on him then. That That's then is really McCarthy? Really? Yeah, yeah. But he's, really? he would only do it. And the reason he's blocking it is because it wouldn't include all those spending cuts. So he'd be doing it. I mean, obviously, he's responsible for 
this. They've made the debt ceiling part of their agenda. That was from the very, very beginning of all of this, mm -hmm. very beginning of the midterm campaigns, in fact. And so uh, what they would demand, obviously, in order to relent on the debt ceiling is cuts to all those aforementioned programs. And already we've seen they want to uh, zero out IRS, which we'll get to here in just a second. They want to uh, completely dismantle the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah. But when you look at it from a practical point of view, would be a fucking disaster for the federal government. So... Yeah, I guess they could use a discharge position. They could get to 218 if they were able to bring in five blue slash purple state Republicans from whatever five districts that happen to uh, shake loose. So I would imagine those talks are happening as we speak. Yes, absolutely. But then once they get to 218 to do the discharge petition, <laughs> then they would have to get to 218 to pass the legislation, to pass the debt ceiling which is, a, I think, a more difficult threshold to overcome. And, and the other thing to all of this is, and this is one of the things that's frustrating me today, is that the traditional press is mm -hmm. going to play along with this. They're going to oh, play, yeah. they're going to absolutely do the both sides thing. In fact, the New York Times is already on it today, framing this as, you know, just partisan argle-bargle. This is something no. that is a consequence of both sides no. Not wanting to agree to do this. So the headline, no. <laughs> the tweet from the New York Times was, breaking news, the United States has hit its debt limit, raising economic fears and setting the stage for months of entrenched partisan warfare. Oh, please, or for fuck's sake. That's a both sides statement, is it not? I mean, am yeah. I crazy? Yeah. Obviously, uh, this is the New York Times trying to say that, yeah, it's going to be half Democrats, half Republicans, that's going to be the playing field and they're going to fight it out and they're not going to, no one's going to want to give in. This is a fight that was entirely started by the Republican party. Yes. Thank saying, you. Cause Democrats have never said to a Republican president or a Senator, whatever, when they're in control of the house, you know what, we're going to raise the debt ceiling only if you expand Medicare for all, or only yeah, if it's yeah. like, no, the Democrats never have done this, which is why it should be abolished first off. Cause it's mm -hmm. bullshit yeah. or raise it so high that it's one Google. You need to spent one Google amount, which is one in 99 zeros. For those of you that don't know and didn't read Charlie Brown, that's where <laughs> I learned the word. Um, so one Google is one in 99 zeros worth of money. God damn it. So let's raise the debt limit to a Google. Yeah. And just leave go. it at that. Then it's done for Perfect. at least 100 years or more. Yes. Uh, but what that requires is Congress to hand over a weapon that it possesses over, certainly over the White House. And in these. But the uh, Democrats never do it. So it's only one party doing it. So get, when the Democrats eventually take control, either get rid of the stupid debt limit to begin with or yeah. raise it to a Google. That's an interesting solution, I believe. I mean, obviously a solution that would be applied once we get past this crisis yes. itself. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a situation where we're going to be seeing more New York Times headlines like this, more cable news shows, uh, Morning Joe, etc., where they're talking about, well, why won't Joe Biden cut entitlements? Using that mm -hmm. word, entitlements, making sure to shoehorn that into the conversation. Like, this is an absolutely reasonable thing to cut Social Security and Medicare. Why not? Why won't well, he do it to save the economy? No, that's bullshit. And, and this is not something necessarily new either. We've been talking about these debt ceiling fights for years now, and even prior to that. 
there were, uh, you know, maybe one or two members of Congress who would kind of drag their heels up until the last minute to get some sort of appropriation, some sort of pet project passed or something like that. And they would use the debt ceiling as coercion in order to be able to pass those things. But this is different. This is a Republican Party that is composed of fascist idiocrats Mm -hmm. who are okay with the consequences of a disaster because what they've done is they have built this massive media infrastructure, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex, as I've called it, where they have completely marginalized the traditional press. They've completely marginalized facts. In fact, marginalization is not even the right word. They have completely rejected all of those things. And so what they can do as a consequence of that is whatever they feed into those 74 million soft skulls will actually stick to the wall because they have so thoroughly uh, eliminated the traditional press, traditional facts, reality, and so on as a thing. So now they can invent their own reality. And their own reality says, this is Joe Biden's fault because he refuses to cut entitlements. And, and then everything collapses and they say, oh yeah, everything collapsed. You know why? Because Joe Biden refused to cut entitlements. We've been warning about this for 100 years now. Social Security is going to bankrupt the United States. And here we are, bankrupt. Because you know one of the things that will happen if the debt ceiling gets passed? And I, I'm going to move past this because I know I am such a Debbie Downer when it comes. <laughs> yeah. But you know what happens? If we default on our debt, the American credit rating will get uh, downgraded making it more difficult for us to borrow money. And what happens during an economic meltdown? How do we get out of an economic meltdown? How did we get out of the Great Depression? How did Mm -hmm. we get out of the Great Recession? How did we get out of smaller recessions, irrespective of whether the president was a Republican or a Democrat? We spend our way out. That's the great thing about having the federal government and a treasury because we can use that money. In fact, the government can print money if it has to. Yes, exactly. We can use that money to spend our way out of an economic downturn when no one else is spending money, when no one else is pumping cash into the economy, when businesses start closing down, when consumers start losing their job and can't afford their usual rate of spending and so on. They're overwhelmed with credit card debt. How do you resuscitate the economy without all of that private sector spending? You bring in the government and the government starts feeding the economy uh, just this onslaught of cash. That's what happened with the American Recovery Act, which is one of the first things Barack Obama did in Mm -hmm. 2009, which is a massive infrastructure program. It contained, (laughs) up until that point at least, the largest middle class tax cut in American history. So there were all kinds of benefits in there to lift the economy out of the Great Recession. And guess what? It worked. Barack Obama rescued the economy from a second Great Depression. It never happened. The full meltdown, the full impact never happened. Now, certainly, even with a partial meltdown, (laughs) sort of like Three Mile Island, it was only partially melted down. There were lots of people who got completely steamrolled by it, myself included. Now imagine that steamrolling if the Obama administration had done nothing, if, you know, yeah. credit where credit is due, the George W. Bush administration hadn't passed TARP 
and the second tarp in during the Obama years right. and the rescuing of Detroit and the auto manufacturers. What would have happened to all those people? We may end up seeing that very thing if the Republicans are successful in all this. And I'm not saying they will be. I'm saying, given the opportunity, they'll allow this to happen. And then they will blame the Democrats for it. And the traditional press will kind of go along with that assessment, which is the the thing that makes me want to rip what's left of my hair out of my head. <laughs> so please talk me off a ledge, Jody. Do you have anything for me? Do you can you say anything that'll make me go, oh shit, yeah, you know, you're right. I think it's okay. Well, I, I you know. think that that there are serious uh conversations going on yeah. between Republicans in the Senate and Republicans in the House. I hope so. And like you said, big donors are not happy about this. So if yeah. any of the people that are crazy and take big money, because they're I'm certainly one of the 20 in the House, probably they don't all take big money, but a few of them probably do. Yeah. And um, I, if I were one of their donors, I'd be like, your well just dried up if you do this. <laughs> you will not be reelected in two years. Yeah, Mark yeah. my words. You will not get a nice lobbying job if I have anything to say about this when you retire. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the kind of threats that will happen to some of these people. Uh, and it should. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kevin McCarthy didn't vote for a debt ceiling um, raise when Boehner was speaker, which is part of the reason he never put him forward to become speaker. That's why Paul Ryan was put forward. You seem to be lining up with Fugelsang, who believes that yeah. uh, the Democrats, Joe Biden, should just call the Republican bluff. Maybe this is why I don't play high stakes poker or poker at all or gamble at all. Because I just don't have the guts for it. Thank God I'm not the guy in the White House right now, suffice to say. And I could say that a lot. Like, I'm one of these people yeah. who doesn't want someone just like me in the White House. I don't know why anyone would think that. Why would anyone want someone like them in the White House? Now, it takes a special kind of human being to not only be president, but to actually one day look yourself in the mirror and go, Hey, you know what? I think uh, I think I should run for president. I should be in charge of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a, a, a very special kind of human being. I'm not that person. So uh, on one hand, I'm a little fearful here about what the consequences of this will be. But on the other hand, I'm glad that Joe Biden is in the White House. <laughs> I, Me too. And I just I hope he's really fucking great at poker. So far, I mean, not bad. <laughs> not His record so far has been pretty damn good. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on this. Certainly, this is going to be a point of conversation for a while now. And I swear to God, I'm not going to constantly be like doom and glooming this. I will try. I'm desperately trying to find the positive news in all of this. And uh, I'll keep you posted as I do. Certainly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but meantime, uh, the Republicans have stupidly proposed a national sales tax. <laughs> This legislation that they're bragging about right now um, would repeal the IRS funding increases from the Inflation Reduction Act. That's the infamous 87,000 IRS agents, as they call them, when in fact we know that they're not all agents. They're just like clerks and IT people. And the, the spending on new IRS agents would actually make the tax return process, getting your tax refund and getting help with your tax return, that would ease that entire process. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about 10 years, a hiring that takes place over the course of 10 years. 
but they're demonizing this thing as though uh, it's going to be 87,000 IRS agents coming to your house personally to arrest you. It was like Buzz Burbank joked on Tuesday about how he was doing his taxes, but can't figure out where to put all the 87,000 IRS agents who are going (laughs) to audit him. So uh, they will also vote on legislation that will dismantle the IRS, repeal all income taxes, and replace the income tax with a national sales tax. Which is completely regressive and gives people with a lot of money the biggest tax break they would ever get. Rich people could afford this. Absolutely. Lower income people, uh uh-uh. 30%, (laughs) you're talking about a 30% markup on everything you purchase, whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's online or, you know, I was thinking about this. Would this apply to purchases that you buy from uh, online stores that are located overseas? Uh, You should be paying a duty tax no matter what. Okay, so So that would be um, duty. That would be duty. Duty. Um, We here in Los Angeles, for those of you that don't live here, Mm. we have a 10% sales tax here. That's high. Yeah, it is high. It is high. Um, uh, we have a lot of things that we need to fund. It's a big city. But it's, I think it's the highest sales tax in the country. Um, Do you know And the I lowest? know that other places, the highest, I think, is, I don't, I don't. But I know that, like, in Oregon, they don't have income tax, so the property taxes are through the roof. Yeah, um, Florida, there's no, inc- there's no state income tax. Delaware mm-hmm. has a 0% sales tax. There's no sales mm-hmm. tax at all in Delaware. Wow. So if you live in Delaware or just across the state line, maybe in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, a lot of people go shopping in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the point. Overall, what that does is that lifts the economy just by having increased sales. People Absolutely. Sp- spending more in Delaware. And right. so that helps. That's how economics works. Yeah, I mean, in like in Nevada, their gamblers' taxes through uh-huh. the roof, you know, because they don't have a sales tax, they don't have an income tax in Nevada, but they make so much money from gambling that they don't really need it. So my question, ongoing, when it comes down to this <laughs> ridiculous Republican pledge to abolish the IRS, mm-hmm. and and by the way, I just want to add from an historical point of view, guess who implemented the first income tax in the United States? The first Republican, Abraham Lincoln. Just to be clear on that. But the question I always have is, how the fuck do you collect a national sales tax? If you're a a small business and you have to pay uh, sales tax returns, Mm -hmm. where do you send that money? And if you don't send enough, who tells you to send more? Who audits you? How do you Yeah, with no IRS, how do you, yeah, how do you collect it? Yes, exactly. So what they want to do is they want to eliminate the IRS, but they somehow still think that the government should be funded. The point I'm getting at here is they don't want the government to be funded. No. They want to drown the government in the bathtub. That has been the pledge since Grover Norquist first said it. The idea is to deprive the federal government of money. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to eliminate the agency that's tasked with collecting all that money and making sure that everyone pays their fair share. That's the best way to do it. So no wonder they want to do this. And just to be perfectly clear about all of it, it's never going to pass the Senate. (laughs) It's never going to be an actual thing. Maybe eventually, if we end up with many, many more dumb shits in this country who walk into polling places and say, 
hey, you know those rodeo clowns? We should just have more of those people. And then if that ends up being the case, then hang on tight. <laughs> but uh, for now, at least, it seems like the pendulum electorally is moving slightly in the other direction. So that's all good news. But when and if Republicans get a, a trifecta control over both chambers and the presidency, they may end up doing this for real. So uh, repealing the IRS funding is expected to increase the deficit by $114 billion, according to the Congressional Budget Office. It would seem like it would be more than that. That seems very small. Yeah. It is also uncertain whether sales taxes will provide enough revenue to replace the income tax without creating a massive deficit. It wouldn't. It would. There's no way. Yeah. Because, I mean, the people that are going to be paying the most are the people that have the least. And because, like, (laughs) I forget one of the, uh, the millionaires out there that are for fair taxation. He's like, I can only go on vacation how many times a year? I can only buy so much stuff. And then I'm done buying stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there aren't that many rich people to help us with this. And so he's like, no, you need to tax me better. And I would take like if I were in a, you know, had won the billion dollars in the lottery Mm -hmm. and was going to take in about thirty four million dollars a year after taxes. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) I would love to be taxed more. Tax me at half. I don't care. You know what I mean? At that point, I've got more money than I need for the rest of my life. As far as I'm concerned, and no one loves doing their taxes. Oh, God, it's awful. But as far as I'm concerned, it is my patriotic duty. I have never served in the military. I have never uh, volunteered with the Peace Corps, things like that. I feel as though this is just my civic duty to pay Mm -hmm. my fair share as an American so that we can all share in the benefits of that, that we can all enjoy a social safety net, that we can all enjoy uh, roads that are relatively well paved and a- Civilization? National defense and civil rights and just the overall functioning of the government to protect us, not only economically, but physically as well and, and all points in between. If everybody's paying their fair share in taxes, guess what? Schools are funded and therefore crime goes down because people graduate from school and can get work and they don't feel like they're right. disenfranchised as human beings. And so these things, it's, I pay my taxes to live in a civilized society. I, I just, I don't understand this, I don't know, this motivation to scream about how patriotic you are and wave the flag and wrap yourself in the flag to hump the flag as Donald mm. Trump has done many times. Yes. But at the same time, you say, well, you know, when it comes to actually putting skin in the game, ah, fuck that. Donald Trump dodging the draft during the Vietnam Mm -hmm. War. I don't know how many deferments he got. How many years has Donald Trump not paid taxes? Right. Uh, There were at least several while he was president. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, even if you throw in the times, I think it was a couple of times when he paid just $750. Seven hundred fifty dollars. Right. Period. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not going to blame him for that. I blame the people that pass the laws that allow that shit to happen. Because look, if you've got the money and you can avoid it, you're going to because you're a dick. Or just you know, hey, if I can, I'm going to take your accountants are going to do what they can to get you the best outcome. Yeah. For your taxes, that's their job on your. That's their fiduciary job for you. Right. And right. that's not the problem. The problem is the law. Yeah, and that makes total sense from a purely objective point of view. Donald Trump is taking advantage of the tax of the law, and, and anybody in his position would. Right, right, and that's the key, in his position. 
Right. Most people don't have the funds no. nor the income to be able to take advantage of the same loopholes. It's something well, and then he exclusive. screwed us out. He screwed us with the uh, his tax break for the rich because now my state income taxes I can't write off. Yes, that was one of the things that was baffling me. That was a tax increase by mm-hmm. Donald Trump. This is the kind of shit that falls through the cracks when the press isn't doing its job, when the press is too busy both siding this shit. Mm-hmm. Because that was absolutely a tax increase. You, you mm-hmm. used to, before Donald Trump, you could write off your state income tax payments, mm-hmm. or I know it was at least the state income tax no, payments. No, you could write the, on your federal uh, uh, income taxes, you could write off your state income taxes. Yes. Uh, off your federal. So your federal owes, owing would be lower based on how many taxes you paid in your state. Now, California has gotcha. high tax, it's a high tax state. Yep. So, and then also it limited my property taxes to being able to be written off on my federal income tax. Luckily, my property taxes are low because I've lived here so long, but my neighbors, they're screwed. So and people in like Oregon and other places where that their property taxes are through the roof, they're Mm -hmm. screwed. Well, this was a, uh, this is a tax increase tax hike. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a 30% national sales tax would be a huge tax increase. In fact, you'd probably end up paying more as a percentage of your income in national sales taxes. Oh, absolutely. Then you would in income taxes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I always mention this too, which means absolutely nothing to anyone. But I once asked G Gordon Liddy, Watergate architect, G Gordon Liddy about the flat tax. I asked him if he supported the flat tax and he said, no, I I think that's a ridiculous thing to do. A flat tax is actually regressive. I was amazed that (laughs) there's G Gordon Liddy, Watergate burglar G Gordon Liddy telling me to my face that he supports a progressive taxation. Okay. um, (laughs) I've got a tape of Donald Trump. I haven't played a tape of Donald Trump for a while. Have I Jody? I don't think I've no, we haven't been, heard yeah, his. It's been a very long time. Yeah, we haven't heard his slobbery voice on the show for some time now, but I got a brand new tape because Donald Trump has announced that he's going to preside over Diamond's funeral. Oh Diamond my God! From Diamond and Silk, and that's the terminology that's being used about this—that he's presiding over it, and and he made a promo for it. Oh God! That's the thing that I can't get past—the fact that he made a promo. For his appearance at a funeral. Has anyone ever done that? No, 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 no. I was at a funeral this past Saturday. I mean, no. Did you do a promo for it? Did you announce? Yeah, we actually, yeah, we, it was, uh, my neighbor passed away and he had a, he was a singing teacher. So there were some famous people at this thing. Scott Bakula was one of the people that was there. And Wow. And he actually presided over it. Um, and so a bunch of singers got up, uh, some people from, uh, uh, an actor from Better Call Saul and, and, uh, <clears throat> Breaking Bad was there with his girlfriend. Oh man. Yeah. And he's a great singer, by the way. He was one of the drug dealers, fantastic singer. Anyway, no, there wasn't, it was just, hi, please welcome, please come to the event. It's not, <laughs> Mr. Bakula did not put out this huge promo video about Steve Sweetland. You know, it's like, yeah. really? It's going to be very, very tremendous. I'm Scott Bakula. I'm going to be there. I'm going to quantum leap into the funeral. I mean, it's... I'm going to fly at warp speed into this funeral and deliver the greatest eulogy that you have ever heard. Ever, ever, yeah. Not even the late, great George Washington ever did a eulogy quite as great as I did at this funeral because I'm Scott Bakula. 
I, you know, it was just, you don't do that. It's like, I mean, Lisa Presley is being buried, I think, this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody's announcing they're going to preside over her service. I'm sure it's going to be a madhouse with people at Graceland, but... Um, right. It's like, you know, it's not like Danny, her ex-husband, is going to be like, yes, I'm going to preside over my ex-wife's. No. <laughs> Riley announced that it was going to happen, and that was it. It was just the the service is going to be on Sunday, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And and obviously, it's going to be jam-packed with tourists, and and hopefully they'll get some solace in that, I hope. Um, but it's like, no, it's <laughs> – Please, I'm going to preside. I'm going to be the man. I wonder if he's going to play YMCA and everything. <laughs> and do, do that, that dumb dance. Yeah, that two-fisted jerk-off motion right. that he makes. Like, right. <laughs> All right, I've got this tape. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But first, today's show is brought to you by the After Party Podcast on our Patreon page, exclusively on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. But this one is completely different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party is loaded with all the politics you want while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations. Now, I say completely obscene. They're not always obscene. But generally speaking, Kimberly and I have potty mouths, so they tend to be obscene. And we end up talking about sex. We end up talking about drugs sometimes, movies, television, lots of television. And, of course, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And bonus, for your $10, not only will you get the After Party every Friday, but you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every damn week included in that level of support. So you get three shows a week in addition to all the free shows. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And we thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. I want to move to Los Angeles to hang out with you, Jody, and all of your friends. Okay. In- including, <laughs> including Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith, who rule the school. I cannot tell you how much I love this album. This is Cersei Link, Christian Nesmith, and a song called Architecture from Cosmologica. 
I've been standing this album for some time now, uh, link in the description for their band camp. Just go to bobseska.com, find this episode dated 119.23, and scroll on down. Well, first you have to click the link for the episode. You scroll on down, you find a link for all the indie bands we feature here on the show, and click away. Get this album. It is the greatest progressive album since the 70s. Since the 70s. Did you hear me? I heard you. Since the progressive rock was a big thing in the 70s, and... Holy shit. And Christian Nesmith plays all the instruments on this. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Cersei Link's vocals and lyrics are hands down some of the best I've ever heard. You will not, if you like progressive music especially, uh, you will not stop playing this album. I've been playing it on Endless Loop, I think, for two and a half years or something like that. So, yes, get ready. Because when I uh, fly to Los Angeles and Kimberly and I move there permanently... Uh, you just you better get a large duffel bag, Jody, <laughs> for me to fit inside because no matter where you go, whether it's gatherings of your friends or funerals or what have you, I'll wedge myself into that duffel bag and you just drag me along and I'll be there. I'm just <laughs> hanging out just as luggage. <laughs> That's all. That's all I need. Just to sit in the corner with everyone's coats, you know what I mean? All right. So Donald Trump as we were saying before the break is going to preside over Diamond's funeral. And as we all do, before we uh, eulogized a, a friend or a loved one, we make a promo for it for social media mm, because always. that's always <laughs> that's always an appropriate thing to do. Here's Donald Trump's short circuit laden diamond funeral promo. Here we go. Please join us on Saturday, January twenty oh first, and January. 21st, yeah, he short circuits on the month. So it's already off to a great start. Please join us on Saturday, January 21st in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She loved that state and so do I. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> why, oh my God. why, why does he have to praise North Carolina in there? <laughs> why does he do the things he does? As we celebrate the life of Diamond, she lived it in a... <laughs> See, now, that pregnant pause right there was Donald Trump trying desperately to remember her last name. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know her real name. He just knows Diamond. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be the funeral for Diamond. Mm -hmm. Something, something, and it's going to be great. North Carolina, she loved that state, and so do I. As we celebrate the life of Diamond, <laughs> she lived it in a... Incredible way, and we're going to have... In a credible way. What does that mean? That means... <laughs> I assume he meant to say incredible. I guess. But he said it... He, he mispronounced it. He used the word credible instead, which is still a word. But what that means is that she lived her life in an honest and truthful way. Right. <laughs> No, I guess she it didn't. still works. Yeah, but it does... Yeah, it doesn't work. But I, I, from his point of view, I guess it does. But that's not what he meant to say. It's just he got lucky and short-circuited onto a word that's actually a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. His promo for a funeral. Incredible way, and we're <laughs> going to have a wonderful celebration and ceremony. All of Diamond's families and Silk. We love Silk, her sister. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> We love Silk. We love North Carolina. We love Lamp. 
Yeah, we love Lamp. That's the next thing he's going to fucking say. And by the way, E.G. looks like his wife. Oh, his yes. We got a, wife. <laughs> I've got that on the list. <laughs> oh, my. This is my God. brilliant, 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 brilliant about E.G. and Carol. We'll get to that here in a second. But Silk. Gotta love Silk. Silk. In I North like Carolina. Silk. I like cotton. I like <laughs> velvet. It's my favorite textile. It's the greatest of all textiles. Chamois. I love chamois because it feels like velvet. I love all the states where textiles are the chief export. (laughs) Diamonds, families, and silk. We love silk. Her sister, she loved her sister so much, and they loved each other, and they really loved the world. (laughs) They were. Were they sisters? Yes, they were. Oh, they are. Okay. But I just, I love the attempt at being somber. Somber. So somber. <laughs> uh, they loved lamp. They were big fans of the lamp. I'm a big fan of the lamp. Lamps are so great. In fact, I have the greatest lamps in the world. That lamp right over there, the greatest lamp. <laughs> and we bring all the greatest lamps with me to the funeral for Diamond in North Carolina, the greatest state, the greatest lamps, the greatest silk. And they really loved the world. Oh, they God. were with me from the beginning and they never wavered. It's all about that's him. All, that matters. all about him, right? Yep. That's all yep. that matters. Yep. They were with me. They loved me. So me, if you wanna, me, me. What do you think of me? If you want to know why I'm going there and presiding over the funeral that I'm doing a promo for right now, it's because they love me. Me, 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 me. Mine, mine, mine. It's all about me. We're going to yep. celebrate. Silk will be there, but I'll be there. And we're going <laughs> to. We'll be what? there, but I'll be I'll there. Be there. There's the, uh, that's the other short circuit, by the way. Celebrate the life of Diamond. See you in North Carolina. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my right. God. Former president Donald Trump and his promo for Diamond's funeral. As we all do. As we all do. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just know this now. That's got to be a thing. If you're planning on going to a funeral and if they've asked you to speak at it, make sure all of your social media followers know about it by posting a a video. (laughs) Video in which you're just... just don't get it. Naming nuts is what you're doing. Just naming nuts. Pistachio nut, North Carolina, diamond, silk, all of those things. All right, you mentioned this uh, a second ago, Jody. Uh, Donald Trump completely screwed himself <laughs> during his uh, testimony in the uh, E. Jean Carroll case. He mistook E. Jean Carroll for Marla Maples. I know, wow. When shown a photograph from the 1990s in a deposition at Mar-a-Lago last year, potentially undermining one of the common defenses he's used mm-hmm. to deny an attack. And why would this undermine his defense so far? Well, Trump, who is being sued by E. Jean Carroll, an author and advice columnist, for defamation and sexual assault stemming from the same alleged encounter, he repeatedly said Carroll is not his type. Right. Suggesting an assault could not have occurred because he would not have pursued her romantically. But but if she looks like Marla Maples, his ex-wife, that would suggest... That E. Jean Carroll is his type. Yep. And, oh, God, are we actually talking about who Donald Trump's type is? <laughs> Which is kind of making me a little bit nauseous. What type of woman does Donald Trump uh, try to rape? 
Right. Uh, or in this case, actually rape. If she looks like Marla Maples, definitely her type. So Donald Trump making things worse for Donald Trump. Once again, the Sesco rule applies here too, mm-hmm. as always. Anyway, he should do promos for his testimony. And next time he does a deposition, <laughs> I'm going to be appearing at the grand jury this week in Fulton County. And it's going to be very, very tremendous. Silk is going to be there. <laughs> Gotta love Silk. Silk loves me. Oh, man. <sighs> okay, so oh, George Santos. What's his name? Anthony Devaldi? Yeah, something like Katira? that. Katira? What uh, is his drag name? Katira something? Yeah, Katara. Katara. Art Vandalay, perhaps, is in the mix somewhere. I don't know for oh, sure. that's good. That's a nice one. But he's gone from being just a, a punchline and a liar to literally being like the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit when I say worst person in the world because, you know, Vladimir Putin's out there, Donald Trump's out there, lots of rapists are out there, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino. I'm not saying they're rapists. I'm just saying they're bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, but George Santos is giving them a, a run for their money, isn't he? Mm-hmm. NBC News reporter Marissa Cabas has confirmed that she spoke by phone with Eula Rochard, a Brazilian drag queen who was friends with George Santos when he lived near Rio. She said everyone knew him as Anthony, never George, right. or by his drag name, Katara. And confirms this photo, which is attached to Marissa Cabas's, uh tweet, is from a 2008 drag show at a Brazilian beach. Mm-hmm. So, at the very least, we can look forward to the possibility of this, Jody, that Santos might get maybe a few Republicans to rabbit season, duck season themselves into defending drag queens. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be such bliss. Are Republicans even commenting on this at this point? No, Are they saying anything? Are they just trying well, to ignore it? I think that he, well, he's, that's the only thing he said is not true. He's not talking about the fact that he stole money from GoFundMe for a dying dog. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. Because that's against the law. Yeah. And it's also, the, I mean, the, one of the, I mean, the drag queen doesn't make him the worst person in the world. No. The, the dog story does. Yes. But as far as this goes, it seems like uh, the Republican Party in defending George Santos, if they're defending him at all, will have to come out and say, well, it's okay for him. It's sort of like what happened with Herschel Walker when we found out Herschel Walker paid for one or more mm-hmm. abortions. Right. Like, oh, well, that's in his past. Not a big deal. He's, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to forgive him. But if you happen to be any other drag queen, we're going to send the Proud Boys over to your place. Yeah. Yeah, but not George Santos. But he's, de- you said he's denying these allegations? Yeah, he's saying that the the, um, uh, the reports about him being a drag queen are not true. Uh, the most recent obsession from the media claiming that I am a drag queen or performed as a drag queen is categorically false. The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I am working to deliver results. I don't know, you know uh-huh. 30% tax hike. Um, I will not be distracted nor phased by this, but he's not denying stealing money from yeah. a dog who was dying of cancer and he was supposed to help out a veteran who needed the dog. It was his service dog. The dog had cancer. They, he started this GoFundMe thing and then took the money. How does he explain the photos of him in drag? I, was he saying uh, that's not me. I mean, that's, and there's video apparently now on YouTube. There's one photo that I saw that is absolutely him. 
Yeah. I mean, you can tell. The smile is exactly the same. The nose is exactly the same. Yeah. All the features are the same. And I've been working with Photoshop since the fucking 90s. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see any real indication that it was Photoshopped. I mean, it's possible that it was. I'm not ruling that out as a possibility, although my tendency is to think the professional liar is still lying. (laughs) Yeah, and 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 I'm looking at there's there's video from eight years ago apparently that has him in the video dressed as Katara. So it's on YouTube. Uh, Keith Olbermann tweeted it out. So you know, look for yourself because the movement's way harder to deep fake than it can be done. But this was posted eight years ago, so. Most likely it's not a deep fake because it was eight years ago. Well, so. we'll uh, obviously this is an ongoing story. And at mm-hmm. some point there's going to be, uh, <laughs> there's going to be airtight evidence that oh, yeah. this is all true. And obviously the reason we're making a big deal out of this is because of the lies and hypocrisy. This is mm-hmm. not because he's a drag queen. In fact, yeah. that may be the coolest thing about George Santos. Right. And the hypocrisy of his party, quite honestly. It's not just his own hypocrisy. It's the hypocrisy of the Republican Party, which is sending out its uh, fascist militias to disrupt drag shows. Mm -hmm. These are the targets of the Republican Party, even though one of their uh, members of Congress is himself a drag queen. So, meantime, NBC News has confirmed that immigration records show George Santos's mother was admitted to the United States in April of 2003. After an absence since 1999, and therefore could not have been in the South Tower of the World Trade Center on 9-11, as Santos has claimed, including on his campaign website. Now, when the allegations first came out that he was lying about his mom dying as Mm -hmm. a consequence of 9-11 because she was in the South Tower, his second excuse was, oh, well, she died because of what she inhaled later on. What did she write? What did he believe that he... Or in the context of this lie, did he think that she rode the rubble down somehow? Is that how yeah, he I mean, wait, his I, lie? Yeah, I don't. I guess she was. She got out, but she was close enough to get the cancer that people got. I, uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, but suffice to say, she wasn't even in the country, much you. less New York, much less the South Tower, or the World Trade Center on nine eleven. She wasn't even in the United States from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand three. So yet another add another lie to the list. I mean, I've been saying for a while we're in the post-hypocrisy, post-contradiction era where that doesn't seem to stick to the wall too much. If Donald Trump can be president, still get 74 million votes after four years in which he told close to 30,000 documented lies, I think that's a pretty strong indication that we're past that as being a thing. Mm -hmm. So now, to me, the point of covering George Santos has to do with almost entirely the balance of power in the House of Representatives. I mean, that should be the motivating factor here to eliminate the Republican majority by one vote, (laughs) to roll that back a little bit. Because the lies, I mean, yeah, lying. Okay, yeah, we've seen bigger liars. But I think George Santos is giving Donald Trump a run for the money at this point because I don't think Donald Trump even lies this much about his background. I mean, there are certain things that are a matter of record that we know about with Donald Trump, so he doesn't even bother to lie about that. He may uh, exaggerate what he did in the past or say that it was the greatest thing in the world, even though it obviously wasn't, but he's not necessarily saying, making these outlandish claims. 
Right. Like Dr. Evil's father, who said he invented the question mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. He also ghosted this veteran and stole $3,000 from this veteran's GoFundMe. And this had to do with vet bills for this veteran's uh, service dog. And just, I mean, to the point where this veteran, the, the service dog ended up dying yeah. because he couldn't afford the vet bills because George Santos stole that $3,000 and then ghosted the veteran. So the veteran actually wanted to commit suicide. I mean, he was on the verge of suicide as a consequence of his dog dying and all of the controversy that surrounded this GoFundMe situation. And I just, I, I can't help but to, God, so totally empathize with this veteran. And this is the story. I think of any story, this would be the story that convinces me that George Santos is absolutely a fucking sociopath. In fact, um, I was on the Joe Walsh show on Monday. I think the episode comes out either today or tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly when that drops, but we recorded the show on Monday. And Joe was on a separate show. He was on, uh, I think it was an MSNBC show, and said that this, of all the reasons, this is why George Santos needs to resign. This should be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Stealing money from a veteran and the veteran service dog to the point yep. where the dog ends up dying from its illness. I think it had like a big tumor on it. Yeah. I think the dog, yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible story. And it seems to me as if even Republicans should be like, okay, well, this is a bridge too far. Because I, I know Republicans who love dogs. I mean, they're not yeah. heartless when it comes to dogs. They're certainly not the best party for animal rights. But, you know, they, the, the dog people on the Republican side tend to like their dogs. So anyway, so this is just uh, another thing to add to the list. And hopefully the shit will hit the fan sufficiently enough that uh, he will have no choice but to step down. Or if he gets detained by the law, he just simply won't be able to vote. Don't they have to vote in person now? Don't they have to be in yes. the House chamber? Yeah, there's no, no longer proxy voting, which I think is dumb. But um, so George Santos, if he's going by George Santos, is it really his name? I mean, that's the other thing know. with him. It's like, what's on your birth certificate, bucko? Uh, were you, <laughs> you know, yeah. what was that marriage? Was it a sham for you to get citizenship or was it a sham for your wife to get citizenship? We're not quite sure on that. Mm -hmm. um, and is George Santos your real name? I mean, he's voting by proxy if he doesn't go by George Santos. Well, uh, this is something that uh, hopefully will get resolved, but it's either George Santos gets arrested or George Santos loses his reelect in 24. One of those two things is going to happen because I don't see Kevin McCarthy pushing this guy out. Kevin McCarthy needs that vote desperately. He does need, need that, that vote. vote. You're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, he can't afford to, to lose it, but yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. I think he's going to be arrested first. I really do. Okay, let's take one last break, and then we got a couple more things I want to talk about here, including, I mean, I said George Santos is the worst person in the world. There's this other guy, I, I think, I want to say in Los Angeles, this gallery owner in Los Angeles, who may actually be the worst person in the world. I mean, this video just kind of shook me to the core, mm. emphasizing how the American nervous breakdown is actually real. All right, we're going to talk about that and this ridiculous law that's being proposed in North Dakota and uh, maybe some other things here uh, as we wrap up the show. Uh, quick break. Back with more after this. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Oh, yeah, the great treetop flyers right here. A song called Castlewood Road. Love these guys. One of the big uh, music revelations of 22, at least for me. Album called Old Habits. Link in the description, of course, to download this album. Found everywhere you get your digital music. BobSeska.com slash music to submit to the show. Thank you for doing that. Okay, uh, a couple more things here before we wrap up the show. Just me and uh, Jody on the show here today. This uh, horrible gallery owner, have you seen, I think everybody's seen the video, Jody, of this gallery owner standing outside this restaurant, this next door restaurant with a hose, and there's a homeless woman on the sidewalk with whatever's left of her belongings sitting there, and this guy is spraying her down with this hose. And oh my God. it's, yeah, it's one of the cruelest things I've ever seen go around as a viral video. Um, there are lots of cruel things, obviously, not even close to the Keenan Anderson video. It's, 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 it seems he's from San Francisco, not from Los Angeles. Okay. So San Francisco. Regardless. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, obviously we're not talking about something that is as bad as uh, a black man being murdered by cops in the middle of the street. But in terms of the public treatment of homeless people, just in in terms of non-lethal cruelty, Mm -hmm. it just emphasizes to me, as I was saying before the break, just emphasizes to me how so many people in this country have just said, fuck it. There is such a moral, cultural rot in this country. Now, bear in mind, I'm a guy who sits here uh, four times a week and plays <laughs> fart sound effects for an hour and a half and talks to my friends. And I say four-letter words and make crude jokes sometimes. But I'm, I'm talking about a different kind of amoral behavior. Uh, losing sight of the values that I thought were part and parcel of being an American. Um, lifting people up instead of crushing them. Punching up instead of punching down, as the overused cliche goes. 
this is we're in a new paradigm now where half of the political debate or whatever percentage the Republicans compose is telling its people that this is okay. It's okay. Fox News, Greg Gutfeld and Jesse Waters. Ah, it's okay. I mean, we saw Jesse Waters on many occasions go into Union Station in New York City and just relentlessly troll homeless people who are using the train station as shelter. Yeah, just keep warm. To keep warm, to keep dry, Mm -hmm. to maybe get their hands on some food. And Jesse Waters goes in there with his cameras, accosts them, especially the ones who are very clearly having uh, psychological issues, substance abuse issues, and then trolls them for cruel laughs on Bill O'Reilly's show. And he did that several times. There was one in Union Station. There was one that was more uptown where he, this whole thing where he tried to interview this homeless man who had defecated in the middle of the street. I mean, I was raised Catholic. And one of the things that I was raised with in that Catholic upbringing, and we were staunch Catholics. I mean, we had a very religious household. One of the things that was instilled in me is helping the less fortunate. Going out and and feeding the homeless, helping the going to homeless shelters and working the food line and so on. Absolutely. And using your privilege to reach out to people who don't enjoy that kind of privilege. Now we've entered this phase where, yeah, there's a homeless problem and we've decided, you know what the solution to this homeless problem is? Be super fucking awful to the homeless people. Round them up like stray cats and put them into re-education camps or whatever the fuck Donald Trump's proposing. Shuffle them off into concentration camps where they're out of sight, out of mind. And, and no wonder this gallery owner sprayed this woman down with a hose. Just fucking horrendous. And fortunately, though, this guy has been charged with, uh, with battery. He's been arrested for battery. Yes. Collier Gwynn is his name. He's a, you're, yeah, thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad you made that correction, Jody. He's a San Francisco gallery owner who was filmed spraying a homeless woman with a hose, and so now he uh, faces legal ramifications for that. And I'm so glad. I'm, thank you, Internet. Every once in a while, you know, I'm the uh, shut down the Internet guy, but every <laughs> once in a while, the Internet comes through. And does the right thing. It's dumbness combined with just rank racism and cruelty. But fortunately, there is accountability. There is comeuppance for all of that. Mm-hmm. So thank God. And then uh, yeah. finally, there's this uh, North Dakota Republican who looks like Captain Kangaroo for some reason. But we're talking about House Bill 2199 in North Dakota. It would basically do two things. First, it would change the definition of gender to the following. Words used to reference an individual's sex, gender, gender identity, or gender expression mean the individual's determined sex at birth, male or female. To clarify, that means under the proposed bill, someone's sex at birth would, by state law, be their gender. The second thing it would do would be to require all pronouns used to reflect that definition of gender. So this is the anti-cancel culture group. This is the free Mm -hmm. speech group Mm -hmm. now mandating that everyone use the correct or what they consider be the correct pronoun when you're referring to yourself. 
If someone involved in an organization that receives state funding, including public schools, violated the proposed law, yeah, you get a fine of $1,500. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, it's just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. Well, I do. You know what this is? This is right-wing virtue signaling. Yeah. This has no practical way of making it through the courts. This will not be a law. I mean, if they end up passing it in North Dakota, it'll be struck down by the courts. There's so. no fucking way. You can't, you can't find people because they're using a certain pronoun that may to you be uh, not proper grammar. It doesn't matter. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the First Amendment. As long as it's not hurting someone else and, right. and using a pronoun that you don't approve of is not hurting you. It's no fucking skin off of your back. No. If someone is trans and they want to go by a different pronoun than you would use, what does it harm it you? you? Yeah, yeah there's no it? harm. Yes, I, I don't understand this. And then, then you know what? This goes double for all of these alleged free speech comedians. Mm-hmm. Who just, again, using that cliche, just love punching down. Oh my God, those trans people, they need to be stopped. They need to be made into punchlines, damn it. And if you stop me from making them into punchlines, well, I'm going to go on my Twitter account and, and, and yell. I know. I mean, what's the point? I'm going to go on Joe Rogan's show and say what a social justice warrior you are. Yeah. God damn it. Just we live in the weirdest timeline. There's there's actually now a conspiracy theory that's going around saying that the Large Hadron Collider created a tangent in the space-time continuum. That would explain a lot. Yeah. I think Kimberly and I are going to talk about this on the uh, after party tomorrow get into this whole conspiracy theory about the alternative timeline. Yes, there are some things that are strange that are happening right now that we didn't actually predict. Donald Trump becoming president, for example, is one of those things. But I think that's just a consequence of propaganda and rank dumbness. I don't think that has anything to do with the fucking... The super collider? The super collider. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I've been saying we're on the wrong timeline for a long time. Okay, so uh, we've got the Shatter Docket coming up next. We're going to talk about inflation. Uh, another anti-vaxxer has died of COVID. We're going to add to that list. Oh, I'm very shocked. Yeah, uh, DeSantis is engaged in all kinds of fuckery about COVID in uh, Florida. Uh, a little bit on Twitter. We haven't been talking about Twitter a whole lot, but that changes on the Shatter Docket today. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. Subscribe for $5 a month. And uh, me and Jody, well, we're going to see you over there. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 